Not Funny Funny Guy presents Our Hella Confusing Twenties Is Art School Worth It? Audio recording, recording Dude, I can't keep on hitting the wire Hold on, let me move this wire out of the way Jesus Christ What's up with all that? Um, welcome to episode 15 of our hella confusing 20s. I have not podcasted in like three months. Ooh, how I've missed it. Ooh, how I've missed just expressing that I've been doing a lot of learning, a lot of reading, a lot of growing during quarantine. And I hope the same for you. I hope you've been really taking... I was going to say, I hope you've been taking these opportunities to learn and grow, but I take it, I take it back. If you've just been like chilling and just like surviving, that's also dope. That's also, <laughs> that's super necessary. Uh, you know, we're all getting through this in, uh, in, in the best way that we can. Um, but the reason why I wanted to record again after a while is because I was just, I just started really, I've been really appreciating my time at art school lately. And I've just been thinking on, the ways that I learned, the ideas I was opened up to, um, about myself as well, you know, like what I thought life was about and what I thought acting was about and different viewpoints and et cetera, et cetera, discipline and, and beauty and believing in things that, you know, these things are, these things matter. These things have meaning. These things have power to affect good you know, out in the world. And anyway, um, I just wanted to kind of talk about that experience for anybody who might be curious, you know, someone who might be thinking about art school, and you're like, damn, is it worth it to go to art school? I mean, my particular experience was in a BFA four-year acting program, which is a very specific beast in its own. So if you're considering acting school, this is especially for you. But I do feel like the experiences and lessons, you know, that there's something of that could be of use to any any artist, you know, whether you want might want to study fine art, dance, uh, filmmaking, animation. You know, I apologize if I didn't say your art. You know, there's so many. There's so many and they're all valid and they're all great. And, you know, there's probably programs um, in colleges for all of them. Um, but, yeah. And so... And also, I, I, do, I get so annoyed when people are like, art school, is it worth it? And then, like, the video is, like, rambling on and on and on. And then you're like, okay, they're going to say it at the end. Let me skip to the end. So let me just let me just cut to the chase um, if you don't want to. Because what I'm going to do throughout the whole podcast is I'm going to really try, try to paint, like, a, a whole picture, you know, from the, the lead into looking for an art school, getting into CalArts, auditioning, the excitement, and the kind of the emotional journey, like first year, second year, third year, fourth year, how I feel about it now. Um, and I'm thinking maybe I'll, you know, this podcast will be like the long form version. And I think it'll help me kind of organize my thoughts and find what's really valuable that I can make like a condensed five or ten minute YouTube video that's just like, you know, art school, pros, cons. Whatever, you know, one of those stupid fucking videos, but I want to make it cool. I'm going to make it really cool, like, as only not funny, funny guy, Jeremy, hopefully, hopefully, you know, it'll be entertaining. Anyway, oh my god, uh, three minutes and 40 seconds into the video, so I'll tell you, absolutely yes. Did I get into insane amounts of debt? Oh wait, what's the question I'm answering? Absolutely yes, it's worth it, in my opinion, to go to art school. 
Um, I went to CalArts, where the tuition is like over $40,000 a year. And that's not even taking into account food and living expenses, you know, rent and, and where you're staying. Um, did I take on a crap load of debt for uh, to go to CalArts? Yes. Do I regret it? Absolutely not. The more time I spend um, away from art school, the more I appreciate it. Why? I'll just say real quick, like uh, I grew in ways I did not expect to grow. Um, I was open to so many artistic ideas that have been immensely beneficial for my life. And I got to see the work and the growth of a lot of uh, myriad artists that I was going to school with that was very inspiring for me, inform my own work, inform the stories that I want to tell. And I was a little afraid of, you know, what would happen after art school, the difficulty of incorporating art in my life. And I was like, am I ready? Am I, are these things going to stick? But I have really realized that those four years have profoundly changed me. And I continue to change as those the ideas and the skills kind of marinate. I spend more time with them. I practice different things like voice things, movement things, uh, acting things. Um, th those things are constantly growing and developing in me. And uh, just so many of the seeds were planted at acting school. And a lot of the, you know, early development. It's like you really need those. I feel like I really needed those like guardrails for those years. Um, to help me grow as much as possible. And now I'm out here and I just, if the goal, if you're like, I want to go to art school because I feel like it's going to guarantee me, you know, I'm going to be able to make a living as an artist. No, no, like that's not what it is. That's not what it does. It's not worth it. But the resources there is like, if you, your mindset is, I want to have this experience. I want to become the best artist that I can be and cultivate a mind and a heart to carry that throughout my entire life, then I would highly recommend, I mean, CalArts for sure, and I'm guessing a lot of other art schools, I mean, the time you get to just be 100% in your craft, and I guess in socialization and things like that, um, is, is absolutely invaluable. Um, okay, so that's the short of it, and now I'm going to go back to the beginning. Uh, so for me... You know, I realized I wanted to do acting. I did like, I wasn't ready to go off to college right out of high school. So I did a two-year theater conservatory locally, which was amazing over in Los Altos Hills, the Foothill Theater Conservatory. Unfortunately, because of state regulations, it doesn't exist as it did at the time I went there. Me and the people, you know, a few years before me, a few years after me, we really lucked out in that we were able to have that beautiful experience. Um, and then I realized it was, I mean, it was, it was certain to me. I was like, I'm going to go to an acting school. I'm going to get my bachelor's for acting. And so I went out on auditions and everything. And I mean, I was auditioning in San Francisco and I remember the CalArts audition and it was for, you know, who ended up being my teacher later on, this man, Rafael Lopez Barantes, who is amazing. And he's a voice teacher from Spain and he used to do all these things. Anyway. Um, the point was like just the, the excitement going to like the conference room at the hotel and then waiting and then he's there and then I did the monologue and just speaking to him about what I wanted in art school and you know what I was hoping to get there and, and my artistry. There was just this feeling where I was, you know, I, I thought if I get into this school, I'm going. 
there was something that clicked. And I mean, I was raised with Disney. I love Disney, so it was super cool that Walt Disney founded it and wanted the school to be like Caltech for the arts. And I, I was very attracted to that. And and there was something so cool to me about, I mean, just reading on, on CalArts' website too about just how it's about it looked like a, a college version of like the movie fame that arts high school where and like i i went to class with kids who did go to laguardia but anyway but i just love that idea that like all the arts are intermingling i thought i was going to go to school and there was going to be like somebody sketching on the lawn somebody's playing saxophone dancing on the table and uh, actors are like doing weird improvs and like someone's singing in the corner and i like it wasn't exactly like that but also it kind of is like that <laughs> Like the picture they painted was was awesome, and I was like, I'm gonna go. And then so the second I found out that I was ex ex accepted, I like was downstairs on the computer. I think I was still like using was I using a desktop? I felt like I was sitting on the desk. Anyway, I found out. I went into the closet and like I like screamed in joy. I was so excited to go to art school. I was like, yes, 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 yes. I like responded immediately. I'm coming to Cal Arts. And then I went to get my first Sally Mae loan. More on that later. But I was um, writing, uh, whatchamacallit, I went to go accept the loan. And I saw it there. I forgot what I applied for the first year, like 40000 roughly around that. And I was kind of looking at it. And I was like, wow, if I accept this loan, I'm in it. I'm in it. You know, I'm not going to take a $40,000 loan and then not continue, you know, and then like, okay, I did it one year and then I'm out. I knew it would rack up after the years and I was I was going all the way into the debt. And I was like, yeah, there's no other there's no other choice for me. There was no other choice. You know, I, it was the only way I could go to CalArts. And like there was just no way I was not going to go to CalArts. And so uh, I was in there. I was in there. And, you know, being at CalArts was like just for the first arrival and then moving into the dorms and saying goodbye to my parents. And of course, it was very emotional. You know, it was this moment of like, wow, I'm taking off on this journey I'm on my own I'm out in the world chasing my dreams and it was super cool and the intro week was wild just kids like drinking in the room and partying and swimming and all these orientation events to make you feel like yeah you're at home here art really matters it was just you could tell that you are in a transformed space where there is this mutual reverence for art and artistic expression and throughout the years, you can come to take that for granted, for sure. I mean, four years, it's a long time when you're in it. Um, but afterwards, you're like, woo, it flew by. And, but I mean, it, just that alone was so, so valuable. And then, you know, into probably like into the first semester, it was a, a little too clicky for my taste. But I think that's just how we, how humans are. I don't think that's an art school thing because it's like, you know, people are afraid People are scared to put themselves out there and take risks. So if you find somebody that's kind of comfortable, kind of familiar, kind of safe, I mean, it makes sense that, hey, like, okay, this is our group. We're going to take care of each other. We're going to keep each other safe for now. So I felt, you know, pretty alienated that first semester. And then, but I was doing the work. But then, you know, throughout the year, and I mean, uh, of course, your journey is going to be your own journey. Who knows what it'll be? And it will be dependent upon, you know, your choices and the things that happen to you. But I made a couple good friends by the end of the year. And we were working together and making things together. And then throughout, like, you know, the second year, third year, fourth year. For those who don't know, when you're doing a BFA in acting, you guys, you know, you're together in all your core classes throughout the four years. So, of course, 
you become incredibly familiar with each other. I mean, you really do. I mean, of course, there's petty stuff. People talk shit. People are get jealous and they get insecure and things like that. And people sleep with people and it's awkward. And there's all this like interdating and interbreeding. Okay, no one had kids, so breeding is probably the wrong thing. Uh, it can get a bit incestual, is what I'm saying. It can get a bit incestual, for sure. Um, but, you know, by the end of it, we really were a family. And then, you know, for the acting program, too, you have your showcase. We flew to New York, and then we did it in L.A., and then we, you know, people had their meetings with agents and managers. I mean, and of course, it varies. Some people got great reception. Everybody wanted them. Some people didn't, you know, hear much from anybody I personally only heard from two managers, one which was like a dope-ass manager who I signed with before I left LA, and I was like, hey, I just don't think this is where I'm meant to be right now, and he's like, I totally get it, but anyway, uh, that's something I could get into more at a different time, um, but yeah, it was it was really amazing the way the, the social aspect of it unfurled over time. You know, and it's just, and it was also, it's also such a cool environment. Like you have the library there. We had like Tatum, the coffee shop, and we had like a film library and you can just go and find the weirdest, most obscure art books and just sit there and just immerse yourself and just have no other care in the world. Go in the film library, rent like, you know, I read one day I went to just go in and just to watch, um, what did I watch? The movie version of Streetcar Named Desire, you know, which I had never seen, but of course I'd heard the fabled stories about Marlon Brando's performance and how it revolutionized acting and so I you know I rented the movie I sat in a big comfy chair and I just like zoned out for that it was like a Saturday afternoon I was like living on campus at the time and and I was just so moved and I was like wow I get it how this revolutionized western acting and that was the the performance felt dangerous and I've never seen anything like it and I mean being at art school, the point of that is I think it gives you the opportunity and the space to discover so many incredible things, so many inspiring things that you might not have stumbled upon otherwise, you know, if you were not in that environment and not open and receptive to, you know, the things that are that are happening there. And and like a, a funny thing, too, I guess, with the the training is like my mindset going into acting school was very much... Like, okay, I think I act naturally enough. I'm probably as good an actor as I'm ever going to be. So my goal in acting school wasn't really to grow as an actor. It was more so I'm going to go there, I'll practice, I'll make connections. And those connections are going to be what, you know, help me make a, a living in the arts after I graduate. And I very quickly real well, okay, not very quickly. It actually took me too long. <laughs> Because we have skill work. We practice voice work, like the instrument of voice, speech work, which is just like accents and speaking in standard American, you know, the, like this, just the, the articulatory details of performance. And, you know, we had different kinds of movement work. We had like experimental kind of movement theater. We also did yoga. We did Tai Chi, which was my personal, like, I really love Tai Chi. You only have to do it the first year, but I did it all four years. Um... There's just so many things that they call the skills work in addition to your acting studio where you work on scenes with partners and work on monologues and things like that. But the skills work is meant to get your body more refined, you know, more in shape, more in tune to 
you know, really deliver world-class performances and get out of your own particular culture, your own particular, the, the time that we're living in that has casualized our body. Um, and I didn't take it seriously for the whole first year. I was like, yeah, I mean, I don't really see the value in this. Does it really even matter? Um, I very much think it matters a lot now, and I'm so thankful for it, and it's things I continue to work on. But the first year, I didn't. And I admitted that to my teacher. I was like, I, I, you know, what I just said earlier, I was like, I didn't think I was going to grow. I was like, I'm as good as I'm going to be. And uh, I'm just here to make connections. And then she just kind of like looked at me like she was like smiling. It was like a year end review. And she was like nodding and, you know, with a smirk on her face. And she was like, you know, thank you for admitting that to me. And I'm happy to see that, you know, you're, you're coming, you're finally coming around. <laughs> and it was kind of with the subtext of, okay, it took way too fucking long for you to come around. But at least you've come around. And there you go. But yeah, but I mean, it was just such a... The experience of being able to do, like, the classes I mentioned. And, like, you do, like, Alexander Technique. And there's, like, there's like you know, there's classes that are, like, foundation. Like, you do it ev roughly every semester. Like, voice and speech you do every semester. And there's things that switch out. Like, you'll do one semester of Alexander Technique. You'll do one semester of this kind of movement. You know, the final year, you can do either one or two semesters of voiceover. Well, you technically can get into voiceover earlier. Like, there's just such a variety. Screenwriting classes, directing classes, film classes. There's, like, the animation. Like, it's such a cool... I, I don't know if all art schools are like this. But CalArts is in the sense that, like, all of the arts are kind of in one building. And you can take classes to explore a different... Um, medium, you know, like you, if you want to take dance classes, African dance classes, you want to take drum classes, you know, you want to take a life portrait class, drawing class. If you show initiative and if you try to get into the class and do these things, like you can, you can have a really unique, varied experience. Like me, for example, for a year, a year and a half, while I was actually probably two years total, um, I was in screenwriting classes. You know, and the first semester was screenwriting in the theater school. You know, taught by one of the faculty there but after that I was able to get in a class in like the film directing masters program and there was a screenwriting class there and like I was in there for three semesters and the and just working with you know the film students there and and reading their scripts in class and they read my scripts in class and I, I learned so much and it was it was so cool to be kind of, you know, between both worlds, like, you know, with the film directors, with like the people working on scripts and screenplays and, and really passionate about film directing versus being in the theater school with all the actors and all the things that we think about and, and worry about. And, and it was always so funny to the actors are so boisterous and crazy and wild and the writers were a lot more austere and a lot, you know, but I don't think it was any kind of pre pretense. It was more, I think, just a shyness. You know, more of a reticence to, to put yourself out there. But that experience of like being able to like, wow, you have four years to get into all these kinds of classes. It was incredible. Like I did like beat making on Ableton for a semester. I did other kinds of like digital art stuff. You know, I dabbled in. I didn't, I didn't go all the way to get the minor because like there were a few more classes to actually get the minor in it where it started getting too deep. And I was like, okay, no, I don't, I don't want to do that stuff. Like, it's like, with like machine learning and shit. I think that it's the fucking saying that out loud. It sounds so cool now. I'm like, damn, I should have done it. But I, I didn't have like the, the mental space for it at the moment, you know, at that, where I was in time, I, I did do a little bit of coding and I also just don't have the, as cool as coding is, I don't have the patience for it. You know, I'd rather just be doing other stuff. But anyway, um, 
Yeah. But it makes me realize I did have such a shallow view of what I thought it was to be an artist. Like my goal was just to be a working, believable actor. That was my, that was the pinnacle. I was like, just be really, really believable, really, really natural. And that's, you know, then you're good. And nowadays I, I want so much more than that. To be able to act naturally and believably is, is cool is something I, I love and respect and will always develop and, and, and make sure I'm always going deeper in that regard. But I I have I have a much more developed sense of creating stories and of wanting to tell stories and, and what it is that stories are meant to do and, you know, the human emotion aspects and, you know, how, what the structures are and what the influences are throughout the past, you know, few hundred years, what the trends have been. Um, how to produce different effects, whether it's like, you know, screenwriting things, uh, shooting, you know, I have actual filming parts. It's just so my my view of art is so much more comprehensive. And I think much more about the purpose and and what it is that I want to say and, and what it is that I think needs saying and what has been said. And man, I guess, uh, you know, trying to explain the way my you know, what, what I achieve, what, what I view to be the pinnacle of kind of artistic potential, even trying to explain how that's evolved for me, I realize it gets just so huge. It's just so, but, but it's beautiful because it's not huge in an intimidating way. It's huge in a way of like, wow, look at the power of art. And there are so many of us artists in this thing together, making work with each other being inspired by other people's work and it's just like it's it's such a beautiful world that just focuses on what it is to be alive what it is to be human what we might be you know what are the the things we strive for what are the ways to be more loving more empathetic more caring and and improve the experience that we have while we're here and how can we do that through mediums through emotional mediums um but yeah Oh my gosh, it's just the 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 reflection and the learning that I got over those 4 years. I wouldn't trade for anything in the world, you know? And and I did take the thing is too is like, you know, they talk about this a lot. They try to get this in your head that you're there to take risks. You're not necessarily there to you know, oh, I'm so good. Everything I do is perfect and amazing and I knock it out of the park. <sighs> I wish I had really felt that intrinsically sooner. You know, because I feel like a lot of us, we have this thing like, I want people to think I'm good. I want to prove myself. I want to show that I know what I'm doing. And really, that held me back. That held me back a lot from taking risks. Because now I realize like, wow, I really, I knew nothing. But at the same time, I did know a lot. That's the thing. It's like, you're always, it's, it's important to have that balance of, of feeling good where you're at but also admitting that there are things you need to work on and detaching that I the idea that there are things you need to work on from your sense of self-worth. Because I was kind of like, if I need to work on things, then I suck. If I'm not doing awesome performances right now, then that means I'm shit right now. And that's not, really not what it is. It's just the more specific you get and the more refined your specific skills become, you become better and better and better. You know, like if you're in art school, chances are more than likely you're already good. You're already talented, right? You have that kind of spark there, that that passion where 
you're a worthwhile person. Yeah, you're a worthwhile person already, even without the art, right? That's like the, I think that's the most important thing. If you really can cultivate that sense when you, as you get into art school, that all of the things you're about to embark on and put out there and risk and and have criticized and learn from and and your triumphs to detach it from your sense of worth as a person because if you realize the truth that you have value as a person and no matter what you do no matter what ways you fail or embarrass yourself that isn't diminished at all then you're going to have the confidence to try crazy things, to take risks and to fail quickly because when you fail quickly, it's just very, you're getting a ton of information, right? You're like, okay, I tried this, 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 this didn't work. I was trying to do this. This is how I tried to do this and it didn't work. Let me try something else to have the same effect. And eventually you figure out what works and what creates what effects and you know what has what creates what kind of emotional response and what is received by others in this way and of course things things can be very subjective and you know one thing can be interpreted a multitude of ways but regardless you're learning a lot about how people see things about how you see things and about the bridge here's the that's this is what i think is one of the most key things the bridge between your intentions and the outcome, because we all have a very specific taste. We know things that we like. Otherwise, we wouldn't be trying to be artists, right? There's there there are certain things, artistic sensibilities that really move you, and so then you get in there and you try to to create those things, and oftentimes early on, and sometimes even way way later on, you realize your skills or your resources are insufficient to bring what is in your head into reality. And a lot of people have talked about this, like even Steve Aoki talked about it when he goes to make a song. You know, he's happy if the song that, you know, is produced is even like 50-60% of what he initially envisioned in his mind. And so I think that's a big part of of failure and of taking risks and of not being afraid to look bad or to look dumb or look ignorant. You're learning the ways that, you know, you you have shortcomings in the skill set to go from idea to reality. And you're able to work on the skills that make the process better and better. So let's say, you know, when you first come to art school, what you're making is 10% of what you intended. And then hopefully, you know, the second year, it's 20%, 30%, 40%. And it's just kind of climbing. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, just just through practice and, you know, through making things that you're not proud of, even though okay, that's the thing is like, you're always trying your hardest. Like, I really want to be proud of this. I'm really passionate about this. This is the thing. You need to have that belief about the project. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. But then once it's done, then you can look at it and be like, oh, wow. Okay, well, this is what I made. And then it just forces you to go back and be like, okay, well, what could I have done to make something closer to what I intended? And that information is going to go into the next thing you make. And it's just like a positive feedback loop of growth. And so, and I, I did take some risks, you know, like I made some bad short films that did get better, that did get better throughout the years. And I made dumb things and I did like a one man show and all these things that you know, were, were successes in certain ways. And, you know, 
I guess kind of failures in in other ways and like in that like you know like the first thing I made was so long and I didn't really know what I was trying to do and structure and coherency and conciseness all these kinds of crazy things um but I wish I had like I wish I had failed a lot more because the growth that I went through between the beginning of my first year and the end of my fourth year was immense and I think wow what if I had worked that hard, like the, the time, like the stuff that I had done in that fourth year, what if I had done all that in the first year? Or what if I had done like half of it? Like, could I have grown twice as much, four times as much, eight times as much? Who knows? But I also do believe that, you know, we're kind of ready for what we're ready for at the time. And so I didn't have the best discipline with the skills work and for working hard and I was entitled. And I was like, if I'm good, this should be of a certain caliber with a certain amount of work. Like I was afraid to really spend too much time on things, as much time as they needed, because I was afraid of putting so much effort, so much time, and somehow it's still bad. And I, it looks, and, and, and I, I have to really face that and, and say, wow, you poured your heart and soul into this and you did everything you could and it sucks. And that fear kept me from going as hard as I could have in a lot of instances. And also, I guess part of me was afraid of like, I didn't want to mess up like the intuitive aspects of it. And I didn't want it to feel so forced and crafted and created. But there is a balance. And I think I was far on the the lower side of it. You know, and yeah, but I went through that. And, and like, and finally, I'm in a place where I'm ready to put in the hours. And like, if I'm looking at a cut, and it's not, you know, the acting is not where I want it to be, or the script isn't where I want it to be. And I know that and I and I feel that, you know, I can't lie to myself, I have to go back in there and make it the best that I can. And but and, and that's very different than looking at a project and saying, you know what, I'm proud of this, this is the best that I am capable of doing right now. And this is what I was trying to do. And I stand by it. And then if other people don't like it, who cares? Right, because internally you know that you made, you did everything you could, and at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. And that's what I was not doing for a lot of those four years. I wasn't doing everything that I could, and so you know, and I was cheating myself. But at the same time, right? I can't. I don't want to say I regret that, because I kind of had to do that so I could be where I am now. And you know, do I think, wow, what could have happened if I was different then? Sure, but. We're all doing the best we can at the time with the information we have, with the experiences we have, with the past that we have. And that's super important to, to realize, you know? So I think it's also important like to, to, to be easy on yourself too. Like you don't want to, when you're in art school, you don't want to pressure yourself to death. Like I'm not getting as much as I could be out of this, blah, 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 blah. You need space and time and breath and experience to just, you know, to keep growing and for lessons to make themselves apparent and for, you know, for all that, all that good stuff, <laughs> you know, and, and I mentioned that, you know, I went in thinking, oh, I'm just going to be there to make connections. And that's what I'm all, you know, all about. While that's not the only thing that matters, um, it did happen. Like I, the people that I met is, are extraordinary. Like I was in a class with James Franco, which was actually pretty disappointing. We don't have, it's not like we have like a relationship or anything. Like there were a bunch of us that took the class, but that experience was valuable, valuable 
because it opened my eyes, and I think I'm guessing the eyes of other people, to the realities of fame. Because I was kind of so swept, like when I went into CalArts, I was so caught up in the idea of fame, right? And it's like, wow, fame. Oh my God, James Franco is co-teaching a class. I got to get in that class. And then to be there, it was like his energy was so low and he just kind of sat there and he was kind of weird. And one time during a class break, I was like walking behind him and he was sitting on the couch and like he was just like looking at like a, a picture some girl sent him in wearing a bikini. And I was like, this is weird. Like he's a he's kind of a strange guy and a creep. And it really made me realize like, oh, wow, fame isn't all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> And uh, that's an important lesson, you know, to learn when you're when you're that young. But I mean, I got to see like Matt Weiner, who um, I think he worked in The Sopranos, but he was he like created Mad Men. He did a talk. Um, I met Ewan McGregor and he did a talk about his movies. Like the film directing program had awesome guests. Um, I saw Oppenheimer. I think Joshua, I forget his name, Oppenheimer, but he made the documentary The Killing Fields. I think he won an Oscar for. I saw him talk. I got to see um, the directing team who originally was doing Solo, but they made like the Lego movie and things like that and like the Jump Street movies. I got to see them talk, uh, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, uh, the people behind Leica, just so many amazing guest artists. I met Shia LaBeouf and talked to Shia LaBeouf and he came and like talked and did an art and event. But, you know, you're really exposed to artistry at the highest level, both, you know, in terms of like the actual value of the artistic expression like there are amazing teachers that you're going to have who really open up your mind and change your perspective on things but also I mean the highest level of, of being in the public eye as well things that are so well seen things that you know the world is um people who make art that the world is talking about right that are in the kind of pop culture sphere in the award circuits things like that and you, you know, you kind of see all of that stuff coalesce, at least at CalArts I did, you know, I, I saw it was all kind of bundled together, like I'd see really, really experimental stuff, really, really mainstream stuff, and just the way people thought about all of them, and the intersection of them, and what they were after, what they were trying to do, um, yeah, that was incredible, and of course, just the community too, like we'd have gallery nights every Thursday, you know, sometimes it was popping, sometimes it wasn't, but you know, there'd be a bunch of like students having their art up. They'd have gallery spaces where they'd put, you know, they'd be working on stuff for the semester or, or the year. And so we saw, you saw so many paintings, installations, you know, sculptures, video installations, um, live performances. Saw lots of kooky theater was a part of kooky experimental theater that was really cool. Um, like vocal performances, just so much going on, so much culture and and art, and, you know, got, we filmed a bunch of stuff on campus, you know, just so much, like, just the fact that there was, like, generation happening all the time, and, of course, it's art kids, so there's, like, wild parties, like, the Halloween party is the craziest part of the year, crazy costumes, and just, like, people just live, just the hedonistic excess, <laughs> which comes, can come with a dark side, too, like, there were some shady fuckers that were around on school, there was a kid who apparently, like, brought a gun to school that I only heard about. I never like saw it, but just to know that that happened is like crazy. Like people, people do wild shit for sure. Um, but 
I mean, the whole spirit of the place was just so generative, just so collaborative, just so open, just so free. And and I'm and the mentors I had too were and that's another big, big reason to do it, you know, is is for the mentors that you have. Like, for example, at like the James Franco class, um, the co-teacher of that is Deborah Levine. And she is an incredible director and would just think, like when she was, I took other classes of hers and the way she'll break down a scene and the way she'll talk about characters and the world was just so brilliant. And it was from all this work, you know, she's, she, she, she prized the work and working hard and not being entitled and not thinking things are going to come to you. And I was like, uh, I was doing a production of hers with like the directing students and you know, I was kind of being a kind of kind of piece of shit at the time, responsibility wise. Like I was, it was the last year of school. I was like coming late. I wasn't giving you know the, really the proper respect to the class. And she told me she was like, you know, Jeremy, you're you got a great type. You're too talented an actor and too you know like likable a person. Like you'll have a great career if you don't sabotage it with your unprofessionalism. And just to hear her say that, really, it's it's stuck with me to this day. The fact that she, like, okay, you should believe in yourself first and foremost. What other people say to you, ideally, you want to be in a place where it doesn't affect you too much positively or negatively, where either way, you're doing the work you got to do, you're kicking goals. But that's not how we work, most of us. And it feels really good to hear that validation, that confirmation, especially from a mentor, especially from someone you respect. And so for her to tell me that, it was like, wow, I really, I owe it to myself to be responsible and to be on time and to work hard. Because think of the things that I can achieve if I do that versus what will happen if I shoot myself in the foot and I don't do that. And I had a great mentor, Dwight, who was a speech teacher who went to Yale and throughout the years, you know, I got closer to him and I should email Dwight, actually. I think I think about Dwight still. And I even did like a kind of private speech thing with him where I was still working on monologues and, and a general American and Shakespeare in my in my final semester. And it was so funny because he saw me play Hamlet in a scene in my second year. But I think he also saw my proclivity toward comedy and sitcom kind of stuff, silly stuff. And in my last meeting with him, I remember he told me, he was like, Jeremy, he's like, I want you to know that you could very much have a wonderful career as a, as a dramatic actor if you wanted to. And I was like, wow, Dwight, that is, it was really something. It was just really, it was really nice of him to, to say that. He didn't have to say that. Um... But yeah, so many cool mentors, just people and like Sherry who taught Tai Chi and like she also taught Tai Chi to like Ed Harris and Don Cheadle and she still talks to Don, like she has a relationship with him still, you know, and just to kind of talk to her and get her perspective, like she's so wise and she sees through bullshit and just she's seen a lot of people succeed. She's seen a lot of people fail and she knows what the difference is and she knows what's good versus what's just, you know, fleeting and fame and success and a lot of the stuff she said really grounded me, really gave me perspective. I miss Sherry, too. I miss doing Tai Chi with Sherry. Jeez. Um, you never know the mentors you're going to find. If you're just willing to reach out, too. It's like, I was just like, hey, like, can I have lunch? And like, kind of ask you some questions, talk about this. You know, meetings that wouldn't have happened otherwise. 
But it's like, of course, you want to feel a genuine kind of rapport with them, a genuine kind of relationship. You don't just want to meet with them just because. But, you know, there are people that are that, that feel more like because obviously you're all the same tribe. You're all artists. But there are certain artists there that feel more of your particular tribe than others and people who maybe speak your language a little bit more. And it's great to, to converse with them and see what's going on. Oh, and also there were super dope experiences. Like I took a film production class with this woman, Janice Tanaka, who's also, I fucking loved oh, Janice. was so dope. So after the fucking, when the class was over, we all met in like, where did we even meet? Oh my God. Was it down in like toward the OC? Like Westminster, it was like in like an Asian area, but like we fucking drove and she like fucking treated the whole class to dim sum, dude. Damn, Janice was dope. Anyway, um, old such an old. She was like my grandma. <laughs> oh my god, I remember one time she told me to in class. She was like looking at me. She was like, "I think you're gonna make it," and I was like, "What?" She's like, "I just have a sense. I can just kind of, I can see the ones who I was like, you're gonna make it," and I was like, "That's very." It's very kind of you, Janice. <laughs> I'll say right now, too, like if you're watching this, too, I also think it's so important, the idea of making it, fucking get rid of that toxic shit in your head. Who cares about fame? Who cares about accolades? I mean, that's human nature. But, you know, I've been reading Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I've been reading New Thoughts for Actors by Jack Plotnick. You know, shout out Max Udell and Ariane Kassam for freaking getting me on that shit. I've been reading... <laughs> Um, the, the Art of Acting by Stella Adler and just the, the reverence for the craft. Your art is all that should matter, right? Just am I, how can I be good? How can I do things that are meaningful? And that's like an internal sense. And if you ever get validation for that, money, rewards, it's all vanity. It's nice if it comes, you know, it's nice if it comes. But, you know, I don't need that anymore. Like literally, I'd be happy to just make, well, not just like videos like this. But it's like, look, if no one ever watched this, no one ever listened to this podcast, but I'm getting to just make artistic shit, that's even better, I think. You know, like if I have the opportunity to be creative without the pressures of scrutiny and worrying about finances and worrying, do these people like me? Am I famous enough to get in this role and that role? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. The things that can totally just destroy your mindset. Um, but anyway... Um, <laughs> and Janice, like she was friends with like, um, a big, big dude at CAA. I, oops, I forgot his name, but it was dope because I mean, for those who don't know, CAA is the number one agency in the world. I mean, they have like all the best, like, you know, uh, acting and music and, you know, directing talent. And, um, when we went to the boardroom to, you know, hear the, the big, the big wig kind of talk to us and he worked his way from the mail room you know it was a talk basically about persistence and about believing in yourself and just don't give up and just do whatever it takes and it, it takes a long time and it takes you know being a willingness and, and a work ethic um but he was involved with like atlanta at the time he's like yeah atlanta's been doing really well emmy nominations and like another show that was super popular at the time and it was it was insane to be in the room with that guy in this fucking office at the, uh, above, you know way up in CAA and just see LA sprawling outside the window. I was at the fucking boardroom with my classmates and their fucking free lacroix and coffee and shit. You know I was drinking that. Um, just the experiences are so dope. I did like a hive incubator where me and my buds Matt and Kevin, you know, Trihouse Films, we were we got to workshop kind of like VR live action content. 
because we like did like a Shark Tank style pitch and they gave us money. They gave us several thousand dollars to get equipment and even for ourselves. And um, Eric Darnell, who he is the creative chair of Baobab VR Entertainment, but he, you know he used to work at DreamWorks and has worked on like Shrek Two and uh, you know like a bunch of more movies, like Puss in Boots and other Shreks and stuff, and just you know, talking to him, like web chatting with him about our ideas and the way he approaches story. And it's just the fucking experiences and the opportunities that I had there was just, the more I think about it, the more I was like, that was fucking awesome. And I'd love to, you know, cultivate my artist. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I will always make art. I will continue to cultivate my artistry and I'd love to give back too. <laughs> I'm sitting here, I fucking haven't even, like, made anything, did anything of, of worth. And I'm like, I'd love to fucking give back. <laughs> um, But that'd be super cool to be in a mentor position eventually. Like, in, like, 20 years, 30 years. I just think it's cool to just keep that cycle going. Of just telling stories. And of just making things. And, you know, and it's beautiful. And, and also, too, like, the showcase was so fun. I don't think I emphasize enough, like, how fun the showcase was. Like, flying to fucking New York City, to flying to fucking Manhattan with the homies that you've been in class with. For, and look, look, here's the thing. I'm more misanthropic than a lot of people. I wasn't close to, like, everybody, right? Like, I was, like, pretty close to a few people, but I was friendly with everybody. And I, and I like my whole class, you know? Well, okay, hold on. Most of my class... <laughs> You know, I to be in New York together and to be in like this kind of small Manhattan theater and just be rehearsing and then to do the thing and then you have the people and then to just be walking in like the cold streets of Manhattan with your classmates and you're all fucking bundled up and you're just having a good time. You're just fucking having a dope time, like experiencing things together, you know, fucking going to Cat's Deli, fucking smoking jays and eating cookies. I fucking watched Phantom of the Opera high out of my mind. I had like a 60 milligram cookie and then I fucking went up to, I was in the nosebleeds of Phantom of the Opera and I was like looking down. I was like, holy fuck. I'm so, this is so high. This is so steep. And then I watched Phantom of the Opera and I was like, holy fuck. Musical theater is so weird. I love musical theater. It's the weirdest fucking thing. And I was like, I see exactly what this is. You know, the guys singing and moving and the theatricality of it. It's just, ugh. Phantom of the Opera. I mean, I know there's a movie. It's a, it's a crazy movie, yeah. But it's like, but the the story is so catered to musical theater and its like strangeness and the set pieces and the way they did it, and it blew my mind. And I'm going on a tangent about Phantom of the Opera. Oh my god! And we saw Lobby Hero, which had fucking Brian Tyre. Oh my god, what's his full name? The Paperboy in Atlanta. Brian Tyree. I'm sorry, I forgot your name, dude. You're a great actor. And then Chris Evans, and then a local actress from New York, and then fucking Michael Sarah. And Michael Sarah was phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal to watch live. They were all great. But Michael Sarah, watching him live, I was like, holy, this is the fucking masterclass. Just so present, just so alive throughout his whole body. Just the whole, every single second on stage, just the detail. He was just so, so in it. So he didn't seem self-conscious at all. He just seemed like that vessel of just letting it flow. Anyway, to be able to experience those things and to just be able to have like a fucking fun time and then the mixer after with like agents and managers and then like, you know, some of the, some of the meetings we had while we were there and 
I mean, I remember I had one meeting for this guy. Like, he seemed, like, so uninterested in me. Like, so... But, I mean, he called... He liked me enough to call the meeting. And then, like, just ended with, like, you know, let me know if you're ever in New York. And, like, when I came into, like, this... I was, like, a, I had to go up an elevator. And it was a small office. And I went in and it was so crowded with, like, you know, playbills and movie posters and all these things around the wall. And it was just him and another girl in the office. And, like, they were... One of their clients was going to be on, uh, like, Fallon that night. And they were, like, organizing. It just felt so exciting to be in the thick of it. And then a bunch of us got called to audition for Hamilton. And then to just going up to the Telsey and co-casting offices. And, like, none of us got callbacks for it. Because, like, we're none of us... Well, a couple of people were really singers. But, um... For the most part, you know, like, they were, like it was just a fun experience to just sing Hamilton for the casting directors. And... Ah... Oh, you... I, I wouldn't have had that experience without going to acting... Without going to art school. And then graduation was a fucking ball... I don't know how other art schools do it, but CalArts, like, you can play, like, seven seconds of any music you want, and you can have any kind of costume. Like, you can, be, you can be so theatrical. And so what I did, and I had this idea since, like, I got to CalArts and I found out this was a thing. I, like, had an outfit inspired by Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid of WWE, and his theme song played. It's like, oh, 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 I think I'm cute. I know I'm sexy. And I freaking had my brother there shirtless and he was dazed and I did sweet chin music to his face and I pinned him and I had my freaking great bud Carlo come up and fucking do the countdown. And then I got my whatever. They they didn't actually have the diploma. I mean, the diplomas, the degrees for us, but they had like a case. It was so much fun. Fuck, man. It was a fucking ball. Yeah. And just the more the more time I spend, like I said at the, at the top of this, right? The more time I spend out of school, the more I appreciate the insanity, the fun, the insecurity, the failures, the successes, the growth that those four years gave me. That I'll that I'll continue to carry with me. That I'll continue to grow from. That I'll continue to build on. And I'm gonna have so many more great experiences, so many more artistic experiences. But I mean, those four years were just so invaluable um, as an artist. And, you know, is my debt, you know, over like $160,000? Yes, it is. But do I think that, do, what, do I wish that I hadn't gone to art school so I wasn't in all that debt? No. That, I mean, that experience is priceless to me. I would take on more than that debt, you know? I would take on even more debt. You know why? Because I'm not going to pay that shit. Yeah, it was just incredible. It was just absolutely incredible. So my advice is like, I think definitely go. If you have the chance to go to art school, go throw yourself into it fully. Savor the experience while you're there. Try everything and just just cherish it. And don't, don't cling to it. Like, oh my God, what am I going to do once this is done? Once this is over, you know, oh, I'm going to miss it so much. Like, don't like be like that because then you might not enjoy it. But just enjoy it like I'm so grateful for this while it's happening. I'm going to make the most of it. And I'm going to carry it with me forever. And I mean, that's the thing right there. And also something I forgot to mention is when I was kind of talking about not taking enough risks. This is, this is you know, very acute for actors because you're vulnerable up there. It's just you. It's your body. It's your instrument. But I think it applies to all artists. But I also held myself back because I didn't want to look dumb in front of my other acting classmates. I didn't want them to see me and be like, wow, 
Jeremy sucks. That was so bad. That was so unbelievable. That didn't make sense. That was a weird choice. That was etc, etc, etc. And so while I did take certain chances, I a lot of my time in class during exercises during performances was very restrained, very self conscious. And I think, wow, if I had not given a fuck what anyone thought, I would have been so free to just let things move through me and to go for things. And who knows how I might have grown, if I would have grown in different ways, if I would have grown quicker. Um, and, I've, and I'm glad I'm free of that self-consciousness now, where I can just fucking let it rip like Beyblade, <laughs> you know? Um, but that would be a piece of advice I would say is like as difficult, it might be the most difficult thing actually for an artist. It's so, so hard. But to release ego and to release the ideas that you think other people might have of you. And be like, hey, I might go up there and eat shit and they'll think, oh, Jeremy, that was such a bad performance. Jeremy's such a bad actor. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Who cares? Because, you, you know, you know, we all can do that. We can go up today and give an amazing performance. We can go up tomorrow and give a shit performance. It's possible. It happens. It's weird. It's one of those things. But you're not going to be growing as much. You're not going to be as excited if you're not really putting yourself out there in in a vulnerable way, right? If you're not prepared to be vulnerable, you can't really be an artist, right? Because it, it has to be about the things that we're really going through, really experiencing. And you need to be vulnerable to, to be able to open up in that way and to share those things. And so, yeah, so that's my advice. Go there and let your freak flag fly and let your wings fly. And, uh, you know, and thanks for listening to this podcast. <laughs> well, I, I, could, I could also talk about the finances because I figured that might be helpful for people. It's like, what's going on with the financial situation? Um, you know, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to end it here, but then I'm going to keep recording and then I'm going to just cut off the financial part and just make it like a separate addendum. Okay. So, yeah, so hey, thank you so, so, so much for tuning into this, the 15th episode of our Hella Confusing 20s, which is basically about if I could do art school again, and, you know, is art school worth it? And so there you have my verdict is a resounding yes, hell yeah, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything. Yeah, I'm not funny, funny guy on all the socials. Uh, I'm working on like a web series, right? But that's not going to come out until next year. I don't even got to fucking talk about that. I hope it's this has been useful for you. If you were considering art school, the possibility of going, if it's clarified anything about what the experience is like, you know. I mean, it could also be useful for people who um, gone or are interesting, I guess. For people who went to art school and just to compare their experience to my experience and see what the parallels might be, what the differences might be. But um, yeah, so many people complain about CalArts and the faculty and all these things. And it's so easy to find shit to complain about. But when you're there, if you're there, unless you really hate it so much, you want to leave and go to a different school. That's one thing. But if you kind of know like, hey, I'm going to do the full four years here. Might as well find as many things to be grateful for as possible, as many things to appreciate as possible, 
and just fucking let it rock. Because that's what, I think it's human nature, but of course it happens at art school. People are so good at finding shit to complain about, finding ways to dismiss things, discount things, not take things seriously, not contend with things in a respectful manner. And really, it, I think a lot of it is an excuse to just not work and, and to not, you know, put yourself out there. But uh, I would caution against being that kind of person. Did I fall into shit like that? Absolutely. You know, there's times where I totally fell into that shit. But as much as you can keep yourself out of that muck, uh, you know, you'll really, I think, benefit a lot more. Okay, so I'm going to call this one here. Um, I'm really trying to think. Is there anything to promote? Nah, what the fuck? Because I'm going to fucking this time. I'm like writing shit. Whatever. Whatever. Um, I'm always doing a bunch of shit. Hopefully, you're always doing a bunch of shit. Thanks for listening. Episode 15. Psh, I'm about to go do the addendum. Talking about uh, uh, the finances and my financial school situation. I'll just be really open about it. And uh, they'll, I'll put them out at the same time. So if you want to, if you're curious about that, check it out. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe and leave a five-star review and tell your friends and all that kind of stuff. Deuces.